Ooh-hoo-hoo-ha! It is that spooky time of the every two weeks where you listen to the scariest, most goosebump giving podcast there is. The one about having kids. Oh, yes. Dungeons and Diapers. It's For some I people, it is their worst nightmare. Yeah, no, I my buddy's having a kid right now and he's totally freaking out. So for him, it it, it would be for sure. Uh, I am Crofton Steers. Mm-hmm. With me, as always, Ryan Murphy. How are you, Ryan? Good. I'm a little sleepy, and uh, it's been it's been a day, a long day, but honestly, it was a lot of fun. And I'm excited to cap things off with a little podcast talking about all that said fun. It's Halloween with kids dun 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 which is almost uh, more fun so like i don't know should we just like just go into our like bearing in mind that we just had our halloweens like we're just done them we put our kids to bed we've turned the lights off we've whatever we've gone down to podcast feels like we should just talk about how our halloweens went while they're fresh in our mind yeah that sounds great would, would you like to go first how was your halloween well, my Halloween was uh, wet and windy for a little bit, so they were calling for, and I believe you might have gotten a bit of this too, all week they've been calling for, oh, Halloween's going to be some nasty weather in our area. Uh, they were calling for a bunch of rain and strong winds, and um, obviously when you have small children and you've been hyping up Halloween where you tell them they're literally going to get free candy for talking to people, uh, it's not easy to say to them, oh, you know, maybe we won't be able to, you know, hit all the houses. Maybe we'll just, we'll just do a couple. But uh, no, it, it wasn't too bad. We we loaded the kids up with, you know, we put cl- you, you do the layers. So you put the you put their coats and stuff on, or as much layers as you can. Then you put the you design the the costume to go around uh, the coats, and then we also put like rain protectors over top of them, like clear plastic, something you would wear to maybe an outdoor concert or something in case it were to rain. Um, and yeah, they we went door to door and it was about maybe two hours of trick-or-treating and it was a lot of fun. The kids loved it. Abby is just like her father, ate along the way the whole time. He got into the Smarties, so that was interesting to tell her like she can't really eat every piece of candy she gets. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a what? good time. What thing that's funny, like listening to how how you dressed your kids, just because like I yeah we got dumped on as well. Like to, mm-hmm. to set the stage of how much rain and wind and all that was expected. There's a bunch of towns and cities, such as the entire city of Montreal, that has put off Halloween till tomorrow. Oh really? Um, so like and this has been like somewhat controversial. A lot in Quebec, like towns and stuff like that, that said okay. Halloween is now tomorrow and people have been, you know, some people have been up in arms about that being like, you can't move Halloween. What's going on now here? If the weather had been what they expected it, like I would have been sympathetic to that. Cause I'm like, first off, Friday is obviously better for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Second, secondly, it's just, it was supposed to like be crazy rain, crazy wind. So, okay, fine. Uh, but it wasn't – it was like pouring rain the whole time, but it wasn't that bad. Like we got by and listening to how you dressed up uh, your kids, like I made my kids essentially – or at least Gwen wear a, wear a rain jacket and she was dressed as Spider-Gwen from uh, Into the Spider-Verse and all that sort of stuff. Nice. So we, she had a 
full body kind of leotard, but we don't make her wear the mask. So she just has like a hood, like a white, you know, a white hood. It's a very nice costume, but when you wear put a rain jacket on top of it, then you pretty much you can't really tell that she's wearing. It just looks like a white (laughs) tracksuit. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like, um, yeah, I I saw like I think a meme online about this about how how in Canada you never you always want to be Spider Man uh, for Halloween, but you always end up being Spider Man wearing a winter jacket for Halloween. You know, like um, <laughs> like winter Spider Man or rain Spider Man, and, and that's a that's essentially what Gwen was. But it's just like we'd go to some houses and people would be like, oh can I see her costume? And I want to be like, no lady, you can't see her goddamn costume. It's pouring outside. She's wearing a goddamn raincoat. Just give her candy and move along. <laughs> yeah. You she's know, the transaction. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh, let's see. I can't really see her costume. I'm like, that's cause she's wearing a raincoat. You know, like it's raining, you know, but, I feel uh, bad. Like there was a couple moments while we were trick or treating where I became the grumpy person as opposed to the kids who it's it's past their bedtime. They're getting free candy, granted, but they're cold, they're wet. It's past their bedtime. And the adult in the back is like, come on, we got to get going. It's windy. It's raining. We don't have time to take a blurry photo. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know and at the end of the day though we it it did clear up i don't know if it cleared up where you are but it just it stopped raining and it stopped being windy and it and this was right around like 7 30 which is when we were bringing the kids back to go to bed so um well did you have to split because like here's the thing we you know there's nobody at home to give out candy really mm -hmm. because if you all go out together which we did we all went out together but um clara is 18 months old, not even two. And Gwen is five years old. So Gwen wants to go. Like she Mm -hmm. woke me up this morning and was like, daddy, 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 it's Halloween. I am so excited. And I was (laughs) like, uh, okay. She's, I said, you know, we're going to trick or treat like at the end of the day. She's like, yes, but I'm going to do all this stuff. It's cool. And I'm going to be so good. And I'm going to get all this candy. So she was like, she's already been into the candy. It sounds like. Pretty much, like she was like wired to go, like she was really excited for Halloween. And meanwhile, Clara's just like, you know, toddling around, being like, "Oh, everybody's excited! What's going on? I'm in my dinosaur costume, and I, it's really hot." Um, and so, <laughs> so like Clara goes to, you know, she she has her her bath at like six forty five to try to get her in bed at, you know, at seven and and asleep and all that. Like Gwen is wanting to to go and and to trick-or-treat right to like as long as that she can go which would be longer than she'd normally stay up and and so we had to split up like at one point we started as a group and then at one point uh this year it was me last year it was jess Mm -hmm. who who, uh, went back with clara put her to bed and all that meanwhile i'm doing bedtime for her and and it we're in prime trick or treat season, so I got to be sure people don't ring the doorbell or knock on the door or anything as I put her to bed. And so I, I, I obviously I'm now one of those people who puts the candy in a bowl, sticks it on the porch, and puts out a sign saying, "One or take one or two and get the hell out." You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much verbatim, right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, it, it, we don't split because the kids are close enough in age. I mean, Abby's now two and a bit. And Caden's three and a half. So basically, and actually Abby looked to be lasting longer than Caden. That could have been the the power smarties she was doing along the way. Um, but also it could be because she naps and Caden doesn't. 
but we we leave a bowl out so my parents actually came up my parents are here they're watching netflix with ashley in the other room while i get to podcast (laughs) sure she's a big fan uh and they came up to go trick-or-treating with us so we didn't even have anyone at the house we usually leave a a bowl out for the first couple hours uh and we usually make up enough for that everyone can take uh ashley puts together baggies of of candy like the little mini bars and puts them out so we usually make enough for about the 120 people we normally would get um but we didn't anticipate in previous years we'd have a few people like grab like one or two or three maybe if they're feeling like adventurous but i guess uh our next door neighbors were very close with them and they were really good they were nice enough to watch our front porch and just keep an eye on things but i guess they saw a couple teenagers come up and uh grab one then grab five then literally grab the bowl and like toss it into their into their pillowcase and it just it it made me so angry i was like there are little kids running around i had to i had to you know in caden and abigail if you're listening to this in the future um we actually had to dip into their candy to give out to kids because some asshats who thought they were being funny were taking extra candy and i've got these like five and six and eight year olds coming to the door and i'm like uh well here's all the reject candy that the kids won't eat and that we won't eat and also here's a a, a grape uh pop be a grape fanta because i don't know why someone gave us a grape fanta actually i think yeah, we just we pulled like them out of the fridge abuse. i mean it is um, but um you know not our kids so it doesn't count um is i'm pretty see, sure the, the thing, rule the thing is that is that like my first instinct when you tell me that uh-huh. is that you're saying oh it's my next door neighbor i'm imagining it's that asshole twin in from playgirl <laughs> who's like who's That's like yeah yes some some kids came and took all your candy when really he took all your candy. Well, no, the you know? neighbor I'm referring to is the other neighbor. But actually, yeah. funny enough, this should not surprise you at all. The next door neighbor that you're referring to, uh, he, he turned all the lights out, didn't put out any candy, all three cars in the driveway. Uh, so he is either at home with his kids or he's taking them off trick-or-treating. But he didn't put even he didn't even put out a bowl saying, please take one. And I think that is 10 times worse. Now, like, yeah, it's worse. It's true. It's true. He doesn't sound like a like a winner. But, yeah, he could have taken the candy. It's still the verdict's still out. I mean, the maybe. thing is, the thi- like, for, for me, it was last year. I really got burned by that. Like, I put out the bowl. And don't get me wrong. We want to get rid of the candy. If, Yo, if, yeah. we, have it, if we have it in our house, we will eat it. And so mm. it's just like jesse in particular is like god let them you know come and take the candy but i am like you it drives me nuts knowing that some kid is just like dumping the bowl in his bag or whatever and so i i got into this thing this year where like yeah i put the bowl on the porch i put the sign but whenever i heard like once i put clara to bed whenever i heard footsteps on the porch i would pull open the door like be like hey how's it going (laughs) you know like and uh, it yeah, <laughs> trick or trick, suckers. God. Take a candy, just one. Just one. And I found, or I'll I found your like uh, one of the one of the ones I opened. Like it was like like looked like eleven year old or whatever, and he had a full hand in there. And I was like, hey, one or two, 
you know. And Are I'm, you Mr. I, T? What's going on? And I, I'm just trying to hey, one or two. Kid. I'm also wearing a Spider-Man mask when I do this. Oh, perfect. Um, so, so, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, uh, but no, so that, that, that gets me too, but it is really funny. Cause like this show is about, we always talk about balance, like mm-hmm. how to balance things, how to balance your interests with your other stuff. But like Halloween as a balancing act is so interesting to me because it's like, you cannot be in your house giving out candy at the same time as you take your kid around. And if that's if you have one kid, if you have two kids and if they mm-hmm. have different needs and at different ages and all that, it's just like it's just even worse. And like I, I one of the doorbells we rang, there was a woman who had a crying baby in her hand who had it just shat itself and needed a diaper change. <sighs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, OK, never mind, Gwen, let's go. And Gwen's like. Give me candy. Give some for my sister too, please. Um, and uh, and she's like. And meanwhile, there's like behind us, like we're up these stairs to her house. There's like six sets of kids coming because they see that we're there. And I see the panic in the woman's face. Like I need to change my crying baby's diaper. I can't deal with these kids. So it is. It is kind of funny, like all the balancing that parents have to do in mm-hmm. Halloween, where kids just have to like for them. It's like go out, get candy, eat candy have fun i think like yeah for for me when it comes to halloween and and the kids what's more so when when caden was younger before abigail we just we well, we only had caden so one of us would go out and one of us would give out candy and i was content to give out candy because caden was so young that he really didn't understand they were just kind of going to a couple of couple of neighbors and then to her parents and then back home so i didn't mind giving out candy Um, but now that the kids are old enough and they understand it and they're enjoying it and they're having a great time, I want to go out with them. I want to go trick or treating. I want to help them out because I remember doing that as a kid and having a great time. And, and again, like I, but, but what really drives me nuts is, is the fact that I have to trust these people to, to, to just be fair and i mean this isn't about me when i grew up in the country and we went to like there were like four neighbors and you had to go to them by car so when you were taking like if you took the whole bowl you were ruining it for everybody in the neighborhood but here there's no point in taking the whole bowl because it's literally the middle of the city even if like every other house have their lights out you you can still walk up another block and hit up a whole new street and it's crazy. Like, I, I don't understand it. I mean, maybe it's raining and the kids thought, well, you know what? This is a great way for us to go home and eat a bunch of candy before it gets too late. I don't know. It's just... Speaking of things that are different than when we were kids, hmm. is it just me or are candies all pretty much awesome now? Like, I don't I don't know hmm. about you, but, like, I'm in downtown Ottawa, or, like, in, in Ottawa, which is a fairly, like, large enough city, whatever. Some people will be like, what the hell is in Ottawa? Ottawa's whatever. It's a, it's a capital of Canada. There's about a million in the area. So, so there's but it feels like you go to houses and everybody's got like mini chocolate bars mm-hmm. or mini licorice or whatever like good good stuff when i was a kid like that was grade a material meanwhile there would be like people that would give you those friggin hard chewables that that you know like that co- i don't know cost 25 cents for a hundred or something and see that's and, where and- i feel like a monster because those were the ones i was picking out of the kids candy to give back to the kids who were coming and all i kept you th- horrible monster and i'm not gonna lie i actually gave an excuse when these kids came up and i'm like i'm sorry i'm giving you the bad stuff 
Uh, you know, we had some kids come by and they took all our candy. This is literally all I have left. So I'm sitting there making excuses to like five-year-olds who are just like, trick or treat? I don't know what you want me to say, guy. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're rolling their eyes. They're like, God damn, this garbage This guy's crap. getting We're only when five, but we, yeah, <laughs> when I'm, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I feel the pressure of Halloween a, a lot more. I, mm. I enjoyed like we, at work, we had like, you know, we had sort of a lunch thing. Everybody was in costume. Cool. Uh, it was it was a it was a fun work day, uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, it's really great taking the kids out, and and the costumes weren't too much of a pain in the ass to get together, and the weather was particularly bad this year. But mm-hmm. I I'd say overall, it's like yeah, I'm pooched now, but we got some good memories, and it was a lot of fun. And man, Gwen was so excited, so that was really really great to see. So I would say yeah, Halloween was a success. Uh, I'll tell you what wasn't a success, Ryan, mm. and this is a. This is a callback, if you will. Uh, I my bike was stolen. I and, recall uh, you were yelling about it for a couple episodes, right? At least, uh, of course, uh, absolutely. You know, you have a nice bike, you bond with it, you put a lot of money into it. It's taking you to work. You're doing great. Obviously, it's very frustrating. You put like a plastic and, bag on the seat so it doesn't get rain on it. Anyway, uh, so my bike was stolen again. Oh. Um, and and this is I cannot believe that this happened uh, to me. So first off, it was um, the bike that that uh, that replaced my last bike that was stolen was a uh, was a bike that I'd had for a while, but was a bit of a clunker. It had some issues, but it looked pretty nice. Like it looked it it looked pretty nice. So I could see why it would be stole stolen. So I'm not as frustrated as last time based on the fact that like I was gonna get a new bike anyway, because my last one was stolen. But still, it was stolen. Not only was it stolen my new my second bike, it was stolen in the exact same place as my first bike. Now before you say, Crofton, you stupid idiot. Why would you goddamn lock your same bike in the same place? I would say, Ryan, stop calling me names. First off, there's no call for that. Secondly, I would say I that like that. when when I when uh, it was in front of my office. Right. And so um, I've now moved to offices and there is a morning meeting every day at 9 a.m. And I said, well, today, because I have a significant update to give, I will go in to the the headquarters office and uh, I will go in. I will give my update. I will leave and then I will bike to my office, which is uh, a little further away. Um, so it was 830 in the morning and uh every, ever since my bike had been stolen, I have been locking the bike in this special bicycle cage room. Uh, which is a safe, secure area, but it's kind of a pain to get to. Like it's not, it adds, you know, 10 minutes, uh, five on each end or sort of like to, uh, to, so I was just like, I'm just going for this meeting. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I will be gone for 40 minutes. I am, I am going to lock my bike. There's a bunch of other bikes locked out here. Yes. My bike was stolen here once before, but what are the chances that it would be stolen again? Particularly, everybody knows robbers sleep in the morning. Why would they be up stealing bikes? It's right? true. They do sleep in. That's kind of their jam. So so then I come out. And just to be fair, I was having a really bad morning. A lot of other things were going wrong. And uh, this was just the cherry on the shit Sunday. I come out and I find 
my lock, which is, um, it wasn't a U-lock, which people reminded me multiple times on Facebook. Why don't you have a U-lock? And I, I want to be like, shut up, idiots. My bike was stolen. I get it. I've learned lessons, all right? Uh, and but, the U-lock uh, is basically the metal U with the with the sort of... Yeah, it's like a kryptonite lock. It's pretty, pretty heavy duty. The lock I was using is a combo lock, but it's a heavy duty combo lock. But the guy took like a big thing of, of wire cutters and he just cut it clean like just with this big so thing people are like, just walking around with like giant snippers yeah, yeah i know so it, anyway all all told bike was stolen on monday i was very very frustrated about it today i'm zen i'm zen about it as zen is my voice will lead you to believe that i am uh you know uh it's halloween i'm feeling okay now but here's the thing and i'm and I'm not going to, you know, harp on you because I don't understand, you know, what you would need to keep a bike from being stolen. This is probably going back to my reaction about teenagers stealing candy and, and being like, why do they do it? The world should be perfect. Um, I'm wondering, when it comes to your bike being stolen, can you not... So when your car gets stolen, that's a big deal. You go to the... I guess Grand Theft Auto is, is a real thing. There's no there's no such thing as like... It is. Grand Theft the, Biking the, or Grand, Banth, no. Grand Theft bicycle like i think that like if i went and i filed the police report and said that my bike was worth five g's or something right i don't know if that would change anything i honestly don't but like for me what i have to do is i have there's a multi-step process but essentially i need to go and file a police report but the problem is the police station is in deep gatineau um, that's not where I live. It's not anywhere near me. There's no police station near where the bike was stolen and all of that. And it's a work day for me and all that sort of stuff. I So it's always a huge pain in the ass to go and file. And then when you file the police report, that gives them the ability to go to your work and access the security cameras. Well, I already did that. I know that they don't have footage of the guy this time. Um so I know that the cops are not going to find anything. Yes, it will be on their record. So it's probably still worth reporting. But like, it's it's just it's just one of those things where I know they're not going to find the bike. So like, here's they're my not going to find it. So my next question in terms of finding it now, I can't pull it pull it out because it's behind my computer here, and I'll make a bunch of noise trying to grab it. But there are these like small things. They're 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 literally called tiles, and they're GPS uh, enabled little little square things that you can stick on things. Now, yeah, if you I buy have two of them, okay. So, would you be would you put one of those like underneath the bike seat? Maybe like tape it under there and be like, "Haha! Now I know exactly where my bike is and where it's been taken." And then take that to I, the police. Can you do that? De- I don't know what in terms of like people have given me advice about like essentially saying um, like like if you can locate your bike, like they are going to be trying to sell it. If you find it on Kijiji, you find it wherever. Like you could try to bring the police into it, but like some people are just are have literally told me, just say like, "Hey, I want to take this bike for a test ride, or I just want to try it out, and then bike off with it." Like steal your own bike back is no, essentially that terrible. The, the guy's going to steal the bike. What if he like ran you down with and and sh- and stabbed you or shot you? You don't know what these people are capable of. Yeah, maybe, but but yeah, um, the city of Ottawa has a, a pilot project where you can get these serial numbers. You can register 
uh, you could register your bike, you could do all this sort of stuff. And yes, you could you could put one of those tr tracking things somewhere. Although um, I'm not sure what the battery life is on them. I'd, I'd have to check. I have I actually they one, have batteries. One, right, they? Yeah, they do. I have. I think so. I have one of them right here. Where did it go? God damn it. It's I guess they black, would need bikes. It's this black battery. thing. So no, I had one for my new bike and stuff that, but yeah, this is another thing. It's like when shit happens and like you tell people, people are so annoying because they are like, like I posted on Facebook and I was like, look, do not lock your bike outside of Plastic Portage. I put a photo of the lock that was cut and it's like, do not put your bike here. And, and so there's, there's really two types of comments. There's, oh, that's so terrible. Those are fine. That's great. You have an you have empathy. Thank you. But then there's a bunch of people that that will be like, "Oh, doesn't Plastic Portage have a cage where you can lock your bike?" Or or uh, do you, why aren't you you should use a U-lock cuz they can see it's not a U-lock or something like that. And they're giving me all this advice for this bike that's already been stolen. Yeah, and like I'm just like I'm like, "Thank you." asshole that's not helpful to me now and if anything just makes me feel worse so like i wanted like facebook doesn't have a i hate your comment button but it has this sort of like angry face and i felt like putting the angry face on all those comments i did not i'm a big person you could but, say uh, like to them you know that, that would be helpful if uh, if i had known it before but i guess you did that would have been helpful 24 hours ago <laughs> asshole well, my bike was still in my possession uh so, so like what what's the game plan for bike number three like you do you you just good question and, ryan and... so so my mom has dropped off my my dad is passed but she has his old bike or whatever she likes to have it for an extra bike around the house but she said like hey because i could get at least a month out of the season before um the snow sure. hits the ground probably so she's like would you like to borrow dad's old bike and all that so now i have she dropped it off today so now i'm on bike number three hopefully uh it will work out and i'll be able to bike the rest of the season and then buy something next year of which case i will i am never parking my bike anywhere at plaster portage ever again uh so uh I, I will bike to my office and take a freaking taxi to plaster portage um but anyway that's enough about the bikes. I bitched. I got it off my chest. Thank you for listening to me. Let's talk about something fun, something positive, something good. Uh, let's go into the dungeons. Uh, and how about uh, how about you start us off, Ryan? Right. Well, it's funny enough. Uh, I spoke to your your good friend, and I, I can consider him a friend as well. Uh, Bo Bo Schwartz. We talked about BlizzCon on the latest Gamers In, and how. I was, you know, it's been a weird year to be excited about Blizzard games, just with the way the company is sort of, you know, we don't need to get into that, but um, kind of hyped for this year's BlizzCon. I feel like like it's going to be a big one, but also Bo kind of made me a little anxious because he explained to me that, you know, there's a lot riding on this BlizzCon and, and really people want to see this company succeed and I don't think it can survive it doesn't have any more feet to shoot off really is is the best way to put it so there's a bit of like a there's a hype and there's an anxiety um but blizzcon's happening tomorrow whether we like it or not and there's probably going to be a bunch of announcements and that's kind of where i'm sitting is that um that's that's the dungeon right now is just kind of figuring out what what the state of blizzard is going to be like in 2020 when we find out all these these announcements coming up and it i just i've the last time I've seen a company in this type of 
situation. Um, maybe not doing as well as Blizzard is, but would be EA. Like EA was just having bad rap after bad rap, and then you know Anthem comes out, and it's like, oh god, what 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 are these? What is wrong with these guys? And and I think Blizz, I'm not saying BlizzCon is putting out you know subpar games, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we get from BlizzCon and whether that not only makes us happy but makes the general internet happy because it seemed like that company could do no wrong for so long it's true and like i posted uh recently there was this uh, uh and and jimmy the shovel one of our regular uh listeners and mm-hmm. and, uh, and i went back and forth on this a little bit but there was like a, a hot video game hot takes day on the internet <laughs> yes. and my hot my hot take was essentially that blizzard has always been a creative like not a creatively bankrupt company but a company that is that doesn't really innovate it takes somebody else's idea and does it up real nice and uh i under i understand that that uh, that people have different views on this and, and and what have you but the one thing i do i do feel is that um and this is where everybody is is feeling the pain right now is unlike many of these giant video game companies it is one that has developed a close relationship with its fans mm-hmm. um it like there's no uh, there's no even Nintendo, which is uh, you know uh, a, a great community, um, doesn't have a Nintendo con that I'm aware of that is only dedicated to them. They used They're, to, um, but 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 it's not like like the the BlizzCon thing is very. I I just find it very interesting as a concept, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, it's great for building and fostering community. I'm I'm totally supportive of it. But years ago, as you know, it was bought by Activision, which is a, a huge company, and, and the CEO of Activision is is uniformly painted as a, a corporate villain, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, always about the bottom line, you know. Let's bleed the guitar heroes and the Tony Hawks dry. Let's let's um, let's you know in the Call of Duties or whatever. Let's make the most money. Let's put this stuff out. And then it was like, well, from the time they bought Blizzard, I think everybody was like, okay what's going to happen and and they managed to keep that arm's length relationship but now blizzard is part of this corporate empire mm-hmm. and i truly i truly believe at this point that um that people i you know i i hate i hate i i get your anxiety thing and i i hate to be a pessimistic guy but like i just feel that there may be some big announcements at blizzcon at this year and they could still deliver good stuff in the same way that Activision still delivers good content on, uh, on occasion, but they are driven by different principles and different forces than they were before. And I, you know, I, I think that those of who grew up with the idea of this Blizzard as the friendly giant, the community builder, all of that, I think they, I think they need to move along and sort of realize that the difference between a Blizzard and an EA and an Activision is pretty much non-existent at this point. It's it's a valid point. I think that we'll see what this event looks like. I think it'll be very difficult for them to continue to be the oh you know we're we're a community we're we're the the cool guys we're the cool big developers right and that's not the case. I mean they literally cut eight hundred jobs in a record year, uh, all to sort of they they did it to refocus on de- the development of games. But then I, I've heard some people say that they literally reposted the same jobs, which is which is not unheard of. You know, you 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 cut across the board 
of these similar jobs, I think it was mostly support staff. It was like social media, comms, PR, that sort of thing. And then you you decentralize and you instead of having six people to do the same job, um, and they're doing six people's worth of jobs, six six persons anyway. And then you hire one person to do six people's worth, and that's 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 the corporate way. Like that that is something that that can be done. That's a choice, and it seems like Blizzard has made that choice, but. I think that this year will be very telling and it'll be interesting to see if Blizzard is able to come, you know, come back. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see a bunch of cool announcements and then suddenly the internet's like, all is forgiven. These are cool games. Um, it's fine. It's I don't totally, think that's the case, but. That's totally what's going to happen you th- temporarily. You, you, you th- temporarily. Okay, temporarily, but I mean, the 800 jobs thing, you could, you as much as I don't like, you know, talking about cuts and then people forgetting quickly like i think the cuts are far enough behind i think heroes of the storm being sort of gutted is far enough behind the even the blizzard china thing like from in the grand scheme of the internet like that's far enough behind where if they come out in, with a strong blizzcon you're right people are going to forget about all that for a little bit but it's going to take one sort of stub of the toe with blizzard for everybody to suddenly have all that come come flooding back in you know, if they make one false move, all that's going that whole list is just going to be shoved into their face. And I'm not defending Blizzard. I'm actually on the side of the gamers. I just think people need to be very, you know, cautious and sort of look at this and, and remember all of that stuff. But also remember that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to support these new titles, these new games that are going to be announced because there are still people behind these games. You, you shouldn't be so negative. Welcome to BlizzCon. Before we get started, let's open with a few words from Call of Duty Modern Warfare okay. development team, blah, blah, blah. That would but- set everybody off on, on a rampage. I think someone was telling, well, Bo was telling me actually on the Gamers Inn that they had Destiny up on screen for like five seconds because they were thanking Blizzard gamers for welcoming Bungie to the Blizzard launcher with Destiny 2. And people were losing it, like booing. Yeah. And I'm like, "What? That's insane! Like, it it doesn't it doesn't yeah, even compute. You're not even competing with Blizzard games with with Destiny. It's because it's it's that whole like this is now incept incepting its way into our our uh, like our the Blizzard community our sure. sort of space and it's going to take over and everybody everybody could kind of see the writing on the wall it's not because there's anything wrong per se with a destiny or call of duty or whatever it's just you know D- blizzard it's like if nintendo had a nintendo event and then you know uh and, and now like call of duty black ops you know like it's just it, it just doesn't tonally necessarily fit with the rest now i i will say um that ubisoft uh recently sort of fell on their face with the release of the latest ghost recon game and their ceo kind of walked back and said you know we're, we're struggling in this new game games as a service world where where people see you know like the, we, we need to space out our sequels more and they have to differentiate themselves more and and like we're going to work on this game and we're going to make it better and in all of this but i think that blizzard has uh has gone into has sort of stumbled into the games as a service uh thing and i don't mean it like in 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 the way that like they're not doing a good job they 
World of Warcraft, obviously most successful MMO of all time. When they entered that world, they knew they were there was a series of other MMOs. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew what they were making. They knew they were charging a monthly fee. They knew how how this was going. But now we're in this era of like these games with multiplayer components that like like a Diablo three that starts as a single player or not a single player, but like a, as it like a game with a number like. Destiny 2, Diablo 3, all of these games, but then they go on forever and they add content and they add content. And people want that. They want these service games. So then to add an like to to have a sequel, that game has to do something kind of different or has to push the pace. And uh like like if Overwatch 2 is announced, which I sort of have a feeling that it will be. I'm going to be very critical because I'm going to like I, I'm going to approach it with a very jaundiced eye because I'm going to be like, does this differentiate itself enough from the existing Overwatch? And if not, why not just add content to Overwatch? It is already kind of a game as a service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, p- people are playing it, and especially you're embracing esports. How do you do esports if you keep changing the game? It's like having chess tournaments, and it's like, no, we're playing chess 3.0. It's like. Hmm. No, it's like keep the same general game and add to it. That's what League of Legends did. There's no League of Legends 2 or whatever, right? Well, I like, think that's where you're not going to see a Hearthstone 2. You're not going to see a WoW 2. But with Overwatch, that game has a finite sort of business in terms of if people aren't buying loot boxes, people aren't buying in. The game's been around for four to five years. It's time for them to add another layer, like a paid expansion or a paid numbered sequel uh i think we're you know blizzard's going to run into issues as you're right is splitting the player base and this was something we talked about on gamers in where you could look at doing the destiny style where the expansion is full price and it lays on over top of the existing game if you don't buy the expansion you can still play but there's a finite amount of stuff you can play and you're not going to be playing with your friends who have overwatch now sorry you can play with your friends who have overwatch too but you're stuck in overwatch sort of stuff so i i could see it like being overwatch 2 would be the thing where it's you run into the issue of a separate ecosystem and suddenly all the stuff you gambled on uh for loot boxes is not on your account anymore and that's probably the bigger deal than locking you know splitting your player base but i i think that I think it's I think with Overwatch 2, Diablo 4 and the new WoW expansion, that's more than enough to make people forget about all the 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 problems that Blizzard's had this year and I think you're right temporarily how long that lasts it really depends on on when the next time Blizzard can kind of have an issue. Like they've had a lot of high uh you know turnover in terms of their senior staff. Um, some very great creatives even confirmed today. I think it was the previous lead for Heroes of the Storm and StarCraft II. Dustin Browder is no longer there. And, and that's a big deal. Uh, I guess they had a bunch of high-level people leave after they canceled that StarCraft practice, uh, uh, project. So I'm, I'm excited for BlizzCon, and I'm a little anxious because I do want to see sort of Blizzard kind of get back some of that I don't know, positivity. And even if that positivity is just people excited about their games and not like just pooping all over Blizzard just because they're, they've made these pretty high-level mistakes. I'm not forgiving them for the, these mistakes they've made, but it, it's just, it'd be nice for 
people to be happy who have been, who have been happy about Blizzard for a very long time. I want them to be happy as well because I know people who love their games and they're in this company and and now suddenly have to like ah oh, gosh I don't, man this this is rough you know so I'm it excited. Is funny. It is funny the um like earlier this year you made the analogy to Anthem and and how it came out and uh, Jason Schreier and Kotaku at the time did this sort of big expose on on sort of the the Anthem development and they talked about how essentially BioWare again a company known very similar I see the BioWare and EA thing to Activision and Blizzard known for its sort of like world building known for uh, a certain pedigree uh, adapt, um, absorbed into this corporate monolith and, and, and sort of um, put put in different business practices to their games they kept mentioning about like the in his article and in, in, in when talking about bioware how they the people working there often believed in this bioware magic the yeah. idea that everything would come together and the old bioware magic and i think blizzard known for canceling releases and only putting out something when it's perfect you know the polished diamond as opposed to quantity or whatever um i i think that the idea of the old blizzard magic is something that people are are are, are chasing and like enough time has gone by since the last I want to say golden period of the release of Hearthstone and the release of Overwatch and and, and their their latest greatest uh, where people are like okay let give us give us something so we will see and I I am at the very I'm at the very least curious I find that entire company fascinating the fact that Bo and yourself and others are, are very much in, interested in particular or in, involved makes me more interested mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah on my dungeon side on my dungeons ledger it's actually been a quiet week um, I have not played a video game uh, in the pretty much like like last time we did the show I talked about the VR game I was playing um, and that takes like I said a lot of setup but um, I, I I not that I've dropped but I've just sort of I've, I've been feeling sort of unmotivated lately and I haven't been playing um, any games other than uh, Zelda with Gwen, which were at the very end of uh, Link's Awakening or just cool. fighting the fighting the boss of the game. Uh, I, fi- I find like, and this is, this is something that everybody has. I don't have it normally that much, but lately I've been feeling a bit anxious about work and, and, and job and career type stuff. And... Um, as much as I love playing video games and stuff when I get home, and remember we talk about having that finite amount of time in the evening. Mm-hmm. As much as I love playing games, um, I, I, if I don't have, if I have something on my mind, unless it's like I don't know a multiplayer actiony game in which where I'm talking with friends or I'm doing stuff, I'm not necessarily going to escape what's on my mind um like i if i'm walking around a giant open fallout game or something like that where there's a lot of space to walk and there's and there's quiet moments where there's i'm exploring or whatever because i control the pace and all that i can still like i can still think about oh okay i gotta do this tomorrow work i gotta do like i don't get immersed to the level that i want to when i'm stressed outside of it so video games are not always the best escapism for me in that regard Mm -hmm. so i know i think i talked about it last time but i'm doing essentially a, a full series watch of parks and recreation with my wife right now and it's been amazing because it's like every night it's like okay work has 
being shitty or there's been problems or there's been whatever. Uh, and I need to kind of like free up my headspace and have positive thoughts. And it's such a positive show. It's funny, but it also leaves you with like a good feeling after kind of every episode. Mm -hmm. And so we watch like three, we'll watch like three episodes, four episodes a night. They're like 20 minutes each. They go down really, really easy. So since the last time we did this, that's pretty much the only thing I have done in the Dungeons world is watch Parks and Rec. We're now in season four. And I think last time I was like, we had just started watching season two or something. So uh, cool. definitely, definitely banked a lot of that. Uh, I think, I think you're, you're right on the money. And, and I feel the same way when, you know, you're a little, your, your, your brain's going a mile a minute about, you know, work or just whatever. And, and, and even if you're a little bit like for me, if I'm running around all day, then I have to come home and I run around and all night and, and get the kids down and then run around after that just because you can't do certain things while you're, you know, you're taking care of the kids. And then all of a sudden it's nine o'clock and you're like, okay, I've got, I've got some time now. Um, for me, like if I'm running all day, nine o'clock means, okay, I'm zonked. Uh, and if I'm even just a little bit tired, like tired enough, like video games aren't the first thing to pop into my mind. It's more, let's watch like a 20 minute show that we got on the PVR, like, you know, modern family. I think we're still watching and, and, um, uh, good play stuff like that. So having that, I find TV time is, is a really just, it's, it's the way to relax after having like a full day. I'm not going to say a bad day or a busy day, just like a full a full day and um oftentimes i need to find the you know some games where that i can pop in and play for a little bit to hold my attention for a half hour or 45 minutes and then jump out um i've been playing uh the outer worlds a little bit which is a a sort of not open world but a uh you know a, um I can't remember what they call it. The the Lara Croft games were like this, but sort of not open world, but a sort of open area game. And it's very much heavily influenced by the Fallout series, the new sort of reboot, Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4. But that one doesn't sort of scratch that itch from a point of like, oh, I have a half hour. Oftentimes I've found this week, I'll be like, I really want to play Outer Worlds. So I'm going to just play for a half hour and then I'm going to go to bed. And then before you know it, it's like midnight and I'm exhausted. Um... But I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of I'm looking at trying to find another game to, to kind of fit that gap, right? Because that's that's true. Another thing about shows, it's like I, you know, when having any sort of anxiety or stress or whatever, if you look at the things they say you should do, one of it is like get more sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and obviously, like when you're trying to stuff everything in, like we are, especially when you get into a video game and you just like lose track of time, you could end up pushing the pace, staying up too late. So uh, when with Parks and Rec, it became like really easy. I was always like pulling the plug at 10 p.m. Like, OK, you know, I'm going, you know, I'm going to bed now. So I was getting more sleep uh, and definitely it, w it was helping me. I was sort of, you know, feeling better after t uh, as, as time went on. So, no, it is uh, it, it, it is important to like, you know, to balance that stuff. But I do generally like games and I I have the outer worlds like X with Xbox Game Pass, you get it for free and I downloaded it and I installed it, but I haven't run it once yet because mm -hmm. I know what it's going to be like when I run it. I'm either I'm going to 
it's possible that I'm going to get into it, but as I'm thinking about other things, I'm not going to give it the time that it's due, and I see it being a game that I want to give that time to. Well, you know, here's the here's the great thing I'll say about the Outer Worlds. It is a fantastic game. I'm really enjoying it. But what I'm really loving is that you, if you play for the first three hours, you quickly realize, oh. This is a guided experience. This isn't like Fallout 4 where it's suddenly like you did the first few missions and then everything's available to you. This giant open world, quests from random strangers, crafting, you know, deliveries and all the just the trash, not trash, but like all the extra stuff that came with that game that they throw at you. You know, uh, unlimited quests from, hey, I hear you're going to help us, blah, 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 on the frontier. No, Outer Worlds is a very curated, focused experience. It feels like it's a big world. There are dialogue trees. There are cool quests. But because it's more focused, the writing is really good. All the quests are really fun. And you can finish it in 30 hours. Like That's sort of the bar for finishing this, the main story. And to me, I look at that, and some people might be like, oh, I'm not paying $80 for a $30 you know, Fallout. I'll play Fallout. I'll play this. I'll play that. It's like, no, like, this is my preferred take. It's a character creation class uh you know base game where you can choose your weapons and put points into specific you know you know perks and feats and stuff and then i can i can go have fun with it knowing that i don't have to leave everything behind game wise to beat this game it's not 200 hours it's 30 so for folks like us and our and some of our listeners who have kids the outer worlds is is a perfect game if you really love the fallout series and you really love you know open world rpgs this is one you're going to be able to finish without completely ignoring all the other video games that come out for the next four months honestly i i really think it's worth checking out and that's and that's totally appealing to, to me i and i will i will be it's just uh it just hasn't it hasn't fit right right yet and and the one game that i'm like um I guess morbidly curious about is mm-hmm. uh, is Death Stranding and the uh, yeah. review embargo is lifting, uh, and and I know people have like it's lifting probably uh, by the time this episode goes to publish it will it, all the reviews will will be out and uh, it is interesting because people there's a lot of people reviewers or people um, podcasters that have had it for a, a couple of weeks now and have put in a lot of time and i get the impression that they're desperate to talk about it hmm. um and uh and so for me it's possible like i'm so easily influenced by strong reviews like if everybody comes out and says that's a 10 out of 10 game and it's a creative masterpiece or something like that hmm. you know i could see myself before you know starting up the outer worlds or whatever like digging that digging that out disco elysium or disco elysium is another game that's getting a lot of good reviews that i'm i'm very you know i'm very tempted uh by as well especially as uh you know i i mentioned i was having a bit of anxiety and like it it's a game that deals with all sorts of mental stuff and it makes it part of me is fascinated about jumping into it as well but it's tough because the outer worlds is i don't want to say free but it's like yeah you have it i just have it now it's on my computer i could play it right now why should i be buying other games when i have this game i i definitely feel you because i 
there was a deal for uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, where if you had like a bunch of other subscriptions and you upgraded to Ultimate, it would combine them all. Whether they were diff- of different or equal value, it didn't matter. You basically could take a year of Xbox Live, six months of Game Pass, and then convert, pull them all together to get you know, a full year of this, like double the, the value sort of subscription and gears five is a great example. I love gears. I loved gears four. I was a big fan of sort of the continuation with the, with the new studio. And I was looking forward to gears five and gears five came out at the start of September. And here I am sitting here. I was like, well, I have it on game pass. I can play it whenever, but I'm just, it, because I didn't quote unquote buy it and spend the $80 and see it on my credit card. I'm not really jumping back to it. I'm going to finish it. I want to finish it. I want to see where the story goes, but you're right. There is something about that subscription. It's like the Netflix model. Like, Oh, Oh, that new Paul Rudd comedy with, you know, eight 20 minute episodes. I can watch that whenever I want to watch right. it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need to watch it right now. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Yeah, no, it, the thing is, it's like if you don't watch it right now, while while Netflix is promoting it, while it's on the top of the Netflix the queue and all of that sort of stuff, will you remember to watch it later when Netflix is sticking something else in front of your face, right? Well, I usually add it. Yeah, you're right. I usually add it to my list, but even that's not a great defense because that quickly goes away. I think um, with Netflix, I'm sort of behind because we watched, we, we trudged through the remainder of Orge's The New Black. Uh, which those are hour-long episodes, so that was tough. And then shortly after that, I was like, okay, we not we have to watch Mindhunter now. And that's an even darker show. Uh, so we've been kind of trudging through that as well. I really enjoy it, but you got to be in the right mindset. But but then it's like, okay, we usually have one Netflix show going at once. This is why I stopped watching the Marvel stuff. They just released it too quickly, and I just couldn't consume it all. I really feel like I want to go back and watch the Daredevil stuff, especially if they bring, you know... Uh, the main actor of daredevil back in the mcu i think that would be that's probably a pipe dream at this point but that would be fantastic um but yeah there's just it goes back to the conversation of there just being so much content and it's so easy to look at your game pass and being like well i'm subscribed for another six months i don't need to play this game right now i can go out and buy death stranding right um yeah but yeah that game i'm not uh I'm not at all intrigued by it from a personal standpoint. I'm more interested in other people. I don't even need to see them playing it. I just want to hear them talking about it. So I'm looking forward to my podcast um, sort of rotation talking about Death Stranding so I can experience it through them. Uh, Even if you pick it up, I'd love to hear about it on the show. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm just... Obviously, it's made to be interesting and... um and thought provoking in, in, in some, some manner. And I'm curious just with this corporate sort of uniformity that's coming to games. And as much as I'm excited about playing the outer wilds, like what used to be cutting edge and revolutionary, the fallout sort of model and, Mm -hmm. and is now sort of like people are, you're, when you release an RPG or any game, you're compared to what else is being released around that time. And and so a lot of people are comparing Disco Elysium, which does a lot of, I think, cutting edge things to the Outer Worlds, which does things well, but things that have been, I guess, kind of done regularly. I've never heard of this Disco Elysium. This is new to me. 
you you've ne- okay so just uh, sorry uh, and maybe for for listeners disco elysium is a is a game that's a pc only game they just announced it's going to come to due to its sort of success it's going to be coming to ps4 and xbox one it's it's an isometric game like the baldur's gate uh rpgs were the old diablo games like were you you're playing from sort of a fixed perspective you play um in a sort of kind of uh uh, a steampunk fantasy type world, but you're a detective. You wake up after a bender. Uh, you don't remember who you are. Hmm. And, um, and then you go uh, in this world and have sort of uh, a role-playing experience, but one where it's uh, a lot of it is happening in your character's mind. So you you have like, um, you know, you build up in, in a lot of these games, you would have something like a charisma score or a persuasion score that you would just build up. But but in this game, that's all there is, is different shades of like you can be you can be, you know, uh, persuasive in a certain way, uh, but perceptive in another way in different parts of your personality, like in the movie Inside Out, where the the, the different parts of the person were represented by sort of characters different parts of your characters inner thoughts can like be at war with each other and you have to side with one or another to build anyway it's a bit different it's a bit it's wonky Hmm. it's a bit different but it's gotten amazing reviews so uh so far and people people um are are saying that you know like that you're playing di- Outer Worlds. There was an article on Polygon about this the other day. It's like Outer. Do, they're saying do not play Disco Elysium before you play the Outer Worlds. Like play the Outer Worlds first because once you play Disco Elysium, it's it's like because it pushes the ball forward and and does different things. You may want to see those things in other games, and and then you're playing a game that is a little more old school in its makeup. You're going to be a little regretful that that those new ideas aren't there. So like I'm all about. I'm I'm really supportive of now of, of kind of new new ideas and to see a big triple a game like a death stranding game made outside of the traditional company model mm. and uh it, like i think it I, as much as i think hideo kojima is overrated and does a lot of crazy shit i'm still i'm still curious i'm still really curious to see and it would not surprise me if tomorrow when all these reviews come in they're all like 9.5 10s this is the a game of the generation type thing oh really and, you think so and it, it, i think that it's possible yeah, i also well, think, i think it, yeah it's possible i think it's also possible that they're like five sixes and be like this game is barely held together in any way it's like a creator gone wild it's like whatever you know i i I could totally see that as well so that's what fascinates me so much about that game like by the time that people are listening to this uh online they will know what the critical consensus is as somebody who self-identifies as being heavily influenced by that consensus I'm just very curious to see where it's going to land. Because if it does land high, then I will likely pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if it lands middling, then I will likely not. Yeah. You know, so so that's uh, that's where it is. I Disco Elysium was not on my radar. You know, like but then then when the reviews started coming in and people started talking about it, I was like, huh, maybe this should be right. And now mm-hmm. I'm now I'm keen to try it. So I think. I, like I said, yeah, like, I agree with you. I'll, I'm cautiously optimistic about what Death Stranding is. I just, I don't know if it's, I hear it, I, like you said, I hear it's a very involved game. And I just think it's, um, it's one I'll be able to enjoy through the stories of folks. And maybe down the road, 
Um, I'll pick it up on sale, but on, I'll be honest, I've never, I've only played one Kojima game, and it was it was not even his game. It was the remake of Metal Gear Solid for the GameCube. So it was Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, and it was made by Silicon Knights. That's the only. That's not only even. One. That's the only one you played. The that's only. Hilarious. The only one I've played and finished. I mean, I think I've played. I played a little bit of Phantom Pain, so I experienced some of that. I think I got as far as like, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I got pretty far, and I, I, I liked it okay. I think I, maybe captured or recruited, uh, what's her beak, um, the Osmosis Lady, the one running around in a bikini. What's her name? Quiet. Quiet, thank you. Yeah, it's just quiet. Um No, yeah. I was just telling I was just telling you to be quiet. Yeah, no, that wasn't the no. character's name. Uh no, so yeah, I I wanna I wanna see how people react. I'm also looking forward to hearing reviews because I'm just fascinated by this guy. I wanna know whether this game is good or not. Like you've given him all the money he needs, you've given him an engine that's capable of outputting the the, the game he wants. So let's see what he can do. I will say that it is absolutely flabbergasting to me how quickly he's turned this around. And I know it feels like we've been talking about Death Stranding forever. But the reality is that the guy had no company. He had no, and he had to build a company infrastructure, build, um, you know, a concept of a, a game. And like, this is normally you would reveal a game when it is certainly you know um a certain length along but because he was looking for financing and all that like every step of the way he had to reveal like he had to reveal the company logo he had to do all this sort of stuff um and so uh so it's really like from the from the time that hideo kojima left konami and everything to like create a new company um develop a new game and 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 have it released like i thought this was going to be ps5 game for sure so i am i am kind of keen on uh, on seeing it and i think it's been but but my expectations are tempered by how fast he did it Mm -hmm. uh leaving that aside a bit because i'm cognizant of time um do you uh do you have anything on the old uh, diapers in which you want to update other than the halloween stuff that we mentioned already well i will say that if you are caught up on your dungeons and diapers caden and i recorded a little uh dungeons and diapers mini where we talked about extra life and we had a good time sort of uh talking to the mic caden was uh, less keen than i but uh, he, he, I think he got into it in the end once he realized we were going to be talking about Paw Patrol. But uh, we did we did it in sort of a promotion of Extra Life, which I'm fundraising for sick kids this year. And we've had a couple donations come in for Paw Patrol, uh, one just recently. And we are going to play it live, and I've settled on a time. So it's funny enough, we're actually probably going to talk about this um the next episode we record which will be right after uh the 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 10th when we will be going live the 9th is my big extra life day and we'll be streaming twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca um and i thought oh during that time frame caden could come down and play but ashley's actually taking the kids and and vacating to have the whole house to myself for extra life uh and they're not coming back until after dinner so uh we're actually going to play paw patrol uh live on twitch on november 10th which is the day after at 2 p.m eastern and again if you want to donate and make me play even more paw patrol uh you can go to bit.ly slash extra life ryan and that's uh yeah that's all over the next two weeks that's that's going to be happening a lot of 
cool stuff. Oh, that sounds uh, sounds good. I um, I like how it's like the day before Remembrance Day, which is the most depressing holiday of the year. No offense to veterans, I totally respect all mm-hmm. all that they've done, but they've got to admit that Remembrance Day is a bit of a downer holiday. Like, I mean, we're supposed to be remembering tragedy. So to be prefaced by Caden and Ryan playing Paw Patrol and having a good time and raising money for sick kids, I think that's cool. It's a good up down. It'll be fine. It's a good up-down. Uh, yeah, so uh, I would just say the only thing I have in the dungeons, and I, uh, in the diapers, and I talked about this a, a little bit, and I won't spend a ton of time on it, is just that um, I'm reaching a, t- a point in my career where I'm sort of like looking. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I need to start exploring and thinking about what's next for me. Uh, like what is the next step that I do in my career? Do I look at a different organization? Do I look at a different job in my current organization and all of that stuff? So it requires a self-examination and B it requires like job work, like updating your CV, mm-hmm. trying to figure stuff out a bit. And um, it's just funny. And the reason I bring it up is because when doing a show like, like this, we're talking about balance all the time. It is funny because that is one of those things that like that as you become an older professional, like one thing it turns out that I'm bad at doing is networking. Like and I'm super social, but like I'm social with my friends and all that. But but when you leave a job, if you don't say sort of stay in touch with your old bosses or your whatever, at one point you may need them for reference. You may need them to Mm -hmm. network. it's very interesting uh, as as I sort of explore the what's out there for the first time in in a long time. It's very time consuming. It takes a lot of time, and uh, it is funny because that's like again time at a premium. It's it it's like you you want time for yourself. You want time for your projects like these podcasts and other things. Time for your day job. Time for your kids. But like when you come to a transition period where you're like, okay, I need. I need to carve out time for for job stuff that is not the job that I'm currently doing, but the job like heading into the job that I would want to be doing. And it it it's it's tough. It's tough to find that spot. So I'm still exploring on how to do that and how to find that time in in in, in drips and drabs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to share because for me, I think it's something that like a listener of this show might not. You know, you think about the the very base balance between like your big blocks in your life and, and and sometimes there's these little blocks that come up occasionally be it buying a house be it changing a job be it whatever that require a sizable amount of your time but for a finite period of time and uh and yeah so i just i i you know i'll keep listeners up to date i'll let them know if ever i change jobs or change things just to let them know how i you know the whole changing of routine affects everything with regards to the family and all that but mm-hmm. uh i it's just it's just interesting that's why i wanted to share so yeah i think it's important to talk about it because again depending on when you have like for me when i before i had kids i had gotten my job and i spent a lot of time and effort to get that job and then i had kids during that job and just recently i've started to you know apply to other opportunities sort of within the organization um, and that's a lot of work. Uh, we talk about finding time to play video games and, you know, just getting to the point where literally nine o'clock is the first time you've had a chance to sit down. Um, you kind of, I look at my calendar, like I have a calendar and I have to look at like, okay, what days, 
when do I have time to do this? Well, not tonight because I have Dungeons & Diapers, not Tuesday night, not Wednesday night because, you know, Wednesday night's gamers in. So you kind of have to even work backwards. Like, okay, when's this application due? So I have to have like three solid nights to work on this and then get feedback. So there is that process to kind of figure out when you're gonna have time to do it. But making time for the, you know, I think it's harder to get a job now than it ever ever was because people are, are looking for a very specific set of skills and we're not all Liam Neeson. So I think that there's a... Uh, there's a lot of effort that needs to be put into that, you know, and not just not not just on the application, but also, like you said, preparing for references, preparing for interviews, that sort of thing. And when Ron Swanson told Leslie that that she needed to take a leave of absence from the Parks Department to concentrate on running her campaign, he said he gave her a piece of advice where you don't half ass two things, you whole ass one thing, and uh I will say that that I think that applies to a certain extent when stretching yourself too thin. You know, you want to, you want to. The more you stretch, the more likely you're going to have subpar returns across the board. At some point, you may have to put certain things aside to focus on the things uh, that you need to do, at least in the short term. Um, and so, so that uh, that no. Anyway, it's it, for me. It's interesting. It's stuff I don't don't think about, but it all the time. But it's something that I felt re relays or, or is linked very much to why we do this show and mm. what the show is all about. So, um, so with that said, Ryan, shall we let us seg into, uh, do we have any listener feedback this week? We got a, a, a tweet here and it's not probably much to warrant a conversation, but we got a tweet from Derek. This was after our last live show where he said, so Ryan and Crofton sleeping with the elephant 2.0 after today's post show chat uh just for the record uh, derek a fellow canadian um had was tuned in for our live stream which we do live stream twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca every other thursday starting around 8 30 p.m eastern you you know follow both croft and i on twitter we will normally tweet uh try to get better about tweeting earlier in the day i always forget but um we had a post show. We likely won't have a post show tonight because there's there's no one in the we're chat. We're dead. <laughs> also, we're dead tired. You know. Uh, so we had a conversation about the current election. Now the election's over. Um, the winner winner question mark was chosen. So uh, yeah, it was a good conversation. Whether we're going to talk about politics after every show, who knows? But Canadian politics, nonetheless. <laughs> well, no, I guess now we can go back to uh, American politics <laughs> since they're going to be talking yeah. about that for a while. But uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I like but our no, post show when we get into a good chat. I think your plug for post show is, is good. And, and there is there is value if you guys want more of us that we, we do do that. Ryan is always great about turning over these episodes and like putting them out in such a, a, a speedy way. Uh, order that you're not like it's not the timeliness you get it a day in advance but like it's really we'll sometimes go on on weird tangents that are unrelated to a lot of what we would have on the show mm -hmm. if after the end of one of these monstrously long episodes you think god i really would like more of these guys well 
there may be more out there yeah i mean the and you know the vods are obviously available after the fact and you can go check those out and and listen to the after show but the after show isn't really recorded i feel like maybe if we were to eventually do a patreon i would record those after shows and put them on as bonus I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, but the highlights, uh, when I highlight the video in Twitch, the the episode is kept, but I usually trim off, you know, the, the pre-show and after show. Sometimes there's a bit of a pre-show as well. So I think there is a bonus to coming out live. And obviously we do like to interact with the chat as we go through the show. But um, yeah, so definitely tune in live if you want to get that extra content. And, you know, if you want to see old episodes maybe you're a new listener you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad you can email the show send us an email uh dad at tgistudios.com we don't get a ton of those and we would totally read it on the show mm-hmm. um we, you can follow us on twitter ryan mentioned that we're both there uh i'm at croft and steers he is at r murphy and uh you know what uh, that's gonna do it for the halloween edition of Dungeons and Diapers. Hope you guys had a very spooky Halloween and uh, we will see you in November. Have a great week. Say bye, Ryan. Bye, Ryan. Get it? I get it. I get it. We're out. Bye, everybody.